0: Hello, my name is Brad. We are Grace Teaching today, Led by the Spirit. That's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to do a four-part series here. So we welcome you here for this study. Um, Spirit-led life is the first of four New Covenant um, promises. Um, So the role of the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ is to lead by laying hold of and bringing to a point of destination that's why the apostle paul um, is saying those who are led by the spirit are children of god remember the holy spirit leads us and takes our spiritual hand forward and he replies don't look back everyone has regret in the past it's something the holy spirit was doing in my my life as a child of god um i was Trusting the Holy Spirit to lead me down the road and renew my mind so I could be transformed. I had a, a deck of index cards and some scriptures on them, and I wanted to, you know, just take a little prayer walk, I, you know. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me. And one thing I did was I, in my mind, went to the past. And the Holy Spirit says, everyone has regret in the past. And Christ is not in the past, He's in the moment. Remember, if our minds go in the past, our emotions will travel, and there's going to be regret there. Um, We all have regret. We have life lessons we've learned and uh, continuing to learn. So one thing we want to do is fall forward, learn from the past um, where we've made mistakes, and go forward and so another problem is is the enemy we have to watch out to the mind you know doesn't go to the future the enemy loves the body of Christ's mind to go either in the future or the past because remember where the mind goes the emotions travel the only problem is with our minds going to the future is there's fear there and of course when our emotions respond to that um, there's going to be anxiety and discontentment and so so we have to remember that. Remember, the role of the Holy Spirit is very important in the body of Christ because He reveals mysteries of God's kingdom and God's love. Francis Chan wrote a book called The Forgotten God. How many of you have actually forgotten that the Holy Spirit was with, within us to teach us all kinds of neat things? 1 John 2.27 tells us that the Holy Spirit is within us and will teach us everything we need to know. And so I personally would leave the Holy Spirit out on the curb, so to speak, and forgot why He was in me. I have a question. What is the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives today? Well, answer, of all the gifts given to mankind by God, there is none greater than the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit has many functions, roles, and activities. First, He does a work in the hearts of all people everywhere. In John 16, verse 7-11, Jesus told his disciples that he would send the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, into the world to convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. Now keep in mind how this works. The Holy Spirit is in the process right now of convicting the world of their one unpardonable sin, which is unbelief. Jesus said himself, the world's unpardonable sin is that it refuses to believe in me. And so the Holy Spirit is in the body of Christ, convicting us of our righteousness in Christ. Remember, when we were saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, we were made right with God at that moment of our conversion. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So remember, the focal point of all scripture by choice and design is it points to Jesus Christ. But there were those that went into the scriptures um, and tried to, uh, they, they believed that they, the scriptures gave them eternal life. But Jesus said, the scriptures point to me. In John five thirty nine, he says, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. You see, and so he is our eternal life. And so can you imagine going into the scriptures, thinking that they give a, thinking that the scriptures give eternal life. Well that's what they did. But remember, eternal life is Christ. First John five, eleven and twelve says that this is a testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has the life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have the life. So the good news there is if you've responded to Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, eternal life starts at the moment of our conversion. And so it's not a place. But the bad news is for those who reject Christ, no eternal life. I'm sorry. Nevertheless, Jesus is in a room with Pharisees at this time. He's in the room with the disciples. And he says this in uh, John 317 and 18. He says this, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save it through him. There's no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. I want to set up the context here because Jesus in the first part of this verse is addressing his followers. The ones that believe in him. He says, I didn't come into the world to judge them. Now he turns his attention over to the Pharisees. The world, the unpardonable sin, remember, is unbelief in me, Jesus said. So he he turns his focus over to these folks. And he says, but anyone who does not believe in him, speaking of him, Jesus, has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only begotten son. So remember, the will is the chooser. We have a will. Our will is going to choose to be led by the Spirit as children of God. Remember, to all who received Him, to them who believed in His name, Jesus Christ, God has given us the right to be called His children. So those who are led by the Spirit are children of God. Okay? So why is it important to uh, be led by the Spirit? Well, because the Holy Spirit teaches us how to live from the life-giving Spirit of Christ. And that's the way we cut through everything, all problems, okay? So remember, Christ says His love can endures through everything with us. Love endures through everything. And so that's Christ. And so that's why it's important to choose to be led by the Spirit, because in this world we're going to have some problems. Hebrews 4.12 tells us, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. That is the sword of the Spirit, folks. It's living and active in us. Remember, the focal point of all Scripture, by choice and design, it points us to Jesus. So the Word of God is the sword, but the Word, the written Word, points us to the living Word in us, and it's alive and powerful. Proverbs 14, 12 tells us this. There's a path before each person that seems right, but in the end, death. Okay? Independence. That leads to death. But dependence leads to life and peace. In conclusion, I want to take a look at uh, this quench, the word quench. The Apostle Paul said, Do not quench the Holy Spirit. What does that mean, to quench? Well, quench... Um, means to extinguish or to put out. Okay? So how does the body of Christ extinguish the Holy Spirit? Paul says, Don't put out the Holy Spirit's fire. How are we doing it? I've done it in the past. I didn't even realize I did it, but I did. And I know a lot of you folks have probably done the same thing and not even known it. Well, the Galatians did in five four. Galatians five four. Paul says this, For if you're trying to make yourselves right with God... By keeping the law, that means through human effort, you've been cut off from Christ and you've fallen from God's grace. So that's how it happens. So what happens here in the body of Christ is we're told that we need to do something to earn salvation. Meaning we have to do something to become forgiven, you know, once we're saved. You know, we're told that we have to ask for forgiveness to get forgiven by God. We have to, you know, we're told that we need to do certain things to get right with God again. But wait a minute. When we first believed in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior and Lord, didn't he already forgive and make us right? Yes. So that word, when Paul says, um, if you're trying to make yourself right with God through human effort, what happens is you're cut off from Christ, meaning that you've chose to live an independent life. And so what we need to do is just return back to dependence on Christ. Remember, whoever is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So it's impossible to separate ourselves from Christ. So the word cut off from Christ just means we've just chose to live independent lives through our own strength. And then he says you've fallen away from God's grace. Well, keep this in mind. We are forgiven people. But we don't experience that when we fall from grace. See? And it all begins with trying to make ourselves right with God through human effort. You see? It was by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. This was a gift from God. No one can boast about it, not of works. Okay? So those who are led by the Spirit now are no longer under the law. That means we're no longer under human effort. It's no longer about trying to live the christian life it's about trusting in christ to live his own life through us remember we didn't receive christ into our life we were spiritually dead before christ we were placed in christ and made alive now he is our life i was sitting at a bus stop with uh, a lady uh, i had been working in a care center and uh, i willed her i was working in the activity department and I asked her if, uh, you know, I, I actually was willing a few residents out, but one at a time, outside. And uh, I was willing, this one Christian lady, I knew her from the facility, and I asked her the question. I said, um, what does it mean when uh, the Lord says to David, be still and know that I am God? You know, and she, she was uh, responded, but she waited a couple seconds. And then she responded like this and she says, stop trying and start trusting. Well, that spoke volumes to us about living the Christian life. We don't tr- try to live the Christian life, do we? We trust that Jesus Christ is the Christian life. And so remember, he was called you is faithful and he will do it. Our role is to believe is all. And so
1: be encouraged. <laughs> Hello, this is Brad. We are Grace teaching today, talking about the Lord God's discipline. When we think about discipline, what do we think about? Well, growing up as a kid, you know, um, when we would do wrong, we would get the belt. Dad would often say to my mom, "Share, where's the belt?" You know, it's we used to, uh, you know, getting the belt. So from our earthly fathers. Um, our earthly parents when we were young Um, but God's the Lord God's discipline is going to be a little different Um, I want to go to Proverbs chapter 3 verse 11 and 12 um, which says my son do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father the son he delights in Remember, the Lord's discipline is, often, uh, is an often ignored fact of life for believers. We often complain about our circumstances without realizing that they are the consequences of our own choices that we've made and are part of the Lord's loving and gracious discipline for that sin. Um, <clears throat> remember, God the Father loves us and He doesn't want to see us hurt and He doesn't want to see other people hurt. Um, This self-centered ignorance can can contribute to the the formation of habitual sin in a believer's life, incurring even greater discipline. I want to go to the Greek language. Discipline in the Greek language means training and education of children. Hence, instruction or correction. Um, You know, as a believer, personally, my testimony is that I had to go through this training um, because I was pulling love and acceptance in um, still as a believer from the physical. And what God had to teach me is that this need for love and acceptance was spiritual and it was already met in his son Jesus. And so uh, I felt like I was on an island with Jesus. And I on this island, it's like one day I just felt like Jesus spoke to me and says, it's just you and I on this island. And so what I mean by that is, as a Christian child of God, I was single the whole, from the age of 34 until um, I was 50 years old or so, 50 plus years. And so he had to teach me in that time. It was painful. and uh, But in that time I learned... That the need for love and acceptance is met in the person of Christ. Those spiritual needs are met. Um, And so there was instruction. There was training. Um, I had to learn um, to live from the living Christ um, and not live for Jesus. Not pull in, but to live from, you see. God's discipline is a response of His love for His children, and His desire for each of us is right living as children of God. I like what the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 6. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin so that grace may increase? By no means. And so what he means by that is, shall we live um, as sinners, when in reality we're children of God in Christ now, you see? And so that's basically, that's another thing we have to learn. We have to learn that we're no longer in Adam's sinners. We're in Christ's children of God. <clears throat> and of course, he wants us to be led by the Spirit and be taught by the Holy Spirit. That's another reason why he trains us and uh, corrects us. And uh, the writer of Hebrews writes in chapter 12, verse 11, "...no discipline is enjoyable while it is happening." It's painful, but afterward there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Remember, God will use various trials, predicaments, um, to bring us back to dependence on Christ and to live from His life-giving Spirit to bear His character. Remember, the Lord's discipline works for His good, that His Son might be glorified in and through us.